I did a retreat in November 2014. And it was uh, just something that I wanted to do myself. And luckily, I had a lot of clients that wanted to come with. And they, after they experienced this like surfing and yoga and beer lifestyle that I've kind of just naturally had, you know, grew up with, they quickly wanted to return. And it turned into a business very quickly. <laughs> to Halo Talks NYC. This is Pete Moore from Integrity Square. I have the pleasure of having Mantos Zavinas in my presence. Uh, we've uh, become friends here in uh, New York City. He's got a pretty awesome, cool adventure company called Surf Yoga Beer. And I want to find out how his path to entrepreneurship started, where he was from, and then everyone, everyone out here, whether they're looking for a trip or ready to take a leap into starting your own company, I want you to hear what other people are doing in the space. So, Mantis, welcome to Halo Talks. Thank you for having me. So, wh where you're from? Tell everybody uh, your your life story here in the the abridged version would be nice. I'll uh, I'll go as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from LA, but I was born in Lithuania. It's a country not too many people know about, deep in Africa. Um, no, it's in it's, no, it's in Eastern Europe, I believe. Yeah. So, right? Did they move it? They didn't move it, right? No, but I bet a lot of people yeah, thought yeah. it was Africa. Um, we'll put we'll put us something on the map, right? When they right when we clip to this part. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Lithuanian, and then but by way of L.A. By way of L.A. Yeah. So um, you know, the, the collapse of Soviet Union, and my parents moved to L.A. and and uh, with me. So I grew up in L.A. since I was five years old. Um. Yeah, and then it's just like uh, Santa Monica, and then I was in uh, Echo Park is where I mainly grew up. But you start, it, when did you start surfing? At what age? Well, I would go to the beach a lot. Um, surfing didn't start to like really start surfing at like 15, because then, by then I started driving, and then you could drive yourself to the beach, because in L.A. you have to drive. Unless you, you're fortunate enough to live right next to the beach, you need a car to do things. Got it. So when did you get to uh, to New York and uh, by way of college or did you go straight to uh, into work? What did you do? No, I um, I stayed in L.A. and I, I went to UCLA and then actually I went to China right afterwards because my major, my passion was film. Nice. Um, and then I went to China. So my time in China was, it was like six months in Beijing and it was very much, very detrimental to my health and this is what I saw a lot of people neglecting health for success in, in career. You're just talking about air quality. You're talking about, yeah, air quality. Yeah. Um, they, they, they sacrifice their health, their health for mm -hmm. their success in business or whatever it is. So, you know, long hours of work, of, uh, eating poorly, mm -hmm. not taking care of their bodies. So after about half a year, I came back to LA and that's when I really started jumpstarting my, um, fitness career. And my mom's a yoga teacher. So, uh, she encouraged me to jump into that and I started teaching yoga and pretty soon that that led to a studio that was half yoga half spin and some of my friends led me to this place called soul cycle and from there they just right away they sent me to New York um, to train and this is where I've stayed for so, uh, so you so basically you were you were uh, discovered by soul cycle in, in LA I don't, I don't really it's not really discovered I mean you know we uh we went there together and and uh, it was like an audition process. But but you were you were auditioning for a, a Soul Cycle in LA, not in New York, or is that the other way around? They had just opened up a studio, and I was 
my, okay. my friends and I were really into like all sorts of fitness studios. And were you working at Yaz? Yeah, I was. How'd oh, you know? Okay. I didn't know actually, but I, I, you just said yoga and spinning and I know Kim and Sherry, uh, in, in Venice. And I was with them a couple of weeks ago, actually in their studio on main street in, in Venice. So yeah, there we go. Well, that Small was world. That's the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were actually one of the first ones to really, you know, do what soul cycles doing now and flywheel. I mean, Yaz was, you know, probably one of the first ones I remember on, was it Abbot Kinney? I think back in the day when it wasn't the, the luxury, like Madison Avenue of, uh, that it is today. It was a little bit of a rough, rough area to be running cycling classes. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, they definitely started that, that trend over there. I, I mean, it's something to say like who's the first person to do something, but it's who does it right. And, uh, yeah, they did a lot of things, right. So, so you were there and then you, uh, then you moved to New York. Um, yeah. So soul cycle was what brought me to New York for the first time ever. And, and, uh, this is a city that has so much energy that I've never, I've never been here before that. And you really get, um, you, you get kind of knocked under the bus for a few months because you're not, I wasn't used to this, the vibrations of the city, but as soon as you start to meet people who you can relate with, it really uh, energizes you and, and sparks up a lot of ideas and great things happen in the city, I think. Yeah, I've lived in a couple of different places. I lived in Boston, Atlanta, Boca Raton, Phoenix, Manhattan Beach, and New York. And every time I'm in New York, I just feel like when, when I get either under a tunnel and into the city or over a bridge and in here, like you just put everything changes, you know, your, your brain's moving faster. Everyone's moving faster. You got to keep pace and it's, it's exciting, challenging and exciting and somewhat sometimes exhausting. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think there's any better place to do business or to come up with creative ideas than, than the city. So, yeah. so now you're, you're tell us about your company and, and what you're looking to achieve there. Well, that, that's what happened when I moved to, to New York. It, um, my lifestyle in LA was, you know, I'd go surfing. If there's no waves, we go spearfishing, diving. If we want to, we go to the mountains. We go skiing, snowboarding. And sometimes we do all of that in the same day. Um, so as soon as you went to, I came to New York, it was all of that disappeared because there's very little uh, nature to, to really experience. Um, so I did, my, uh, I did a retreat in November 2014. And it was uh, just something that I wanted to do myself. And... Luckily, I had a lot of clients that wanted to come with, and they, after they experienced this like surfing and yoga and beer lifestyle that I've kind of just naturally had, you know, grew up with, um, they quickly wanted to return, and it turned into a business very quickly. So, when you did your first retreat, was it a business, or was it just, hey, I'm doing this retreat? Why don't you guys come with me? Was it did that? Was it incorporated as a company, or no. was it called Surf Yoga Beer? I was like, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. You guys want to come? And then you decide afterwards? No, the, the first one was I wanted to uh, do it. Any, I was going to do it regardless and, okay. and go with a few people. But then the, there was more interest, so we got a bigger house. And we, we tried to make it more uh, professional. But it, the thing that I think I pride myself in this business is that it's very much grassroots. It's community. Everyone that comes is mainly from word of mouth. So you come because uh, you've heard it's good. You've you understand that it's like not necessarily like you're getting pampered, but you're getting to really get yourself in the kitchen and see what's going on. Talk mm -hmm. to, you know, you want to be doing the dishes cause that's where everyone is doing the di Like it's, uh, it's very grassroots. It's very, uh, engaging and, and, um, 
just hum like a it's like a friendship yeah sure it's hard to explain i think it's hard to uh it's hard to replicate in the city because everyone's so busy and you're trying to like carve a time out for an hour with one person and you're distracted and you're getting away so how many days uh is he re the retreat how many days was the first one three days a week or no it was uh five nights five, five nights, nights was our usual thing yeah it's great and then in these five nights these six days you you know the thing that i think new york is missing is is a real authentic friendship where you're not just talking about business which is great for what it is in new york but you actually get to to talk about a million of other things and experience like mother nature and, and and crazy adventures and surfing and and dangerous situations that you might get into together and and how you come out of it and all real authentic experiences that sometimes new york um prevents us from happening and we get to do these this whole world of capitalism may have just gotten like just completely out of control to the point where people forgot what they were trying to do and what they were trying to have fun while they were doing it. So we got these companies that we invest in, we've got clients and they're all stressed out because we've got growth issues and we got to fund those things. And you know, somebody's running a marathon or training for a marathon, you got to enjoy the run. You're not just trying to cross the finish line. You, you got to really enjoy life. And, and I, I just get confused sometimes when people burning everything and, and to get what to, to get some more time with your friends and family and throw a football around with some wide receiver gloves. I mean, what, right. how do you view it? it it's funny because my friend yesterday, we went to um, have dinner and he was telling us about a story of when he went to the Morocco and there's a Sahara race that he did. And it's six marathons in five or six days or something like that. So it's nonstop. You do 12 hours, they give you 12 hours to run and then they give you nine hours to, to sleep pretty much. That's what it's like. So I was like, well, what did you learn? Like what happened? Tell me the story. Right. And beyond all the, the health problems that he had and, and the body changing and, and crazy adventures that he told me about, he said that he learned it, um, that there was this Swedish woman who was doing the race as well. And there's mm -hmm. only like, there's a lot of people doing it, but there's only like a few from North America that actually get to do it. Um, so this woman was, was also racing and she was behind him most of the time. She's a little older, but she, she finished, I think nine hours behind him at the, at the end. But then he talked to her and for him, the race was very brutal physically. He was racing. He was mad. He said he was matting up and trying to get to the end the whole time as fast as he can and kept looking 10 feet in front of himself to, to psych himself into getting to go and go and going. And at the end of the race, he talked to the Swedish woman and, and she's like, well, did you see the, the Northern lights? Right. And he's like, wait, what Northern lights? Oh, and she's like, well, did you see that cactus that only blooms like once every 10 years? And he's like, what, what cactus? She's like, well, you must've seen it. It was on the other side of the road. Wow. And then she's like, well, you tell me you saw all the shooting stars that were like right where we were running. And, and at that point he was like, well, you know, this whole race, he thought it was about manning up and being this, like, the best of himself. And and I feel like the, the story that he told me very much relates to how maybe a lot of us can get into this um, cycle in New York, especially, which is well, you're working, you're working, you're working, you've got your eyes 10 feet in front of you, and you you don't see New York, the, the Empire State Building. You don't see all the tulips that are in Washington Square Park right now. The, these things the whole point of the race was so that you can enjoy it so much. And for him, it was just to win, to try to get 
to prove himself rather than to enjoy the the hundred and whatever miles he yeah. did. I mean, I think part of it may be because the questions that other people ask you, like when you say, when my friend says, um, when I ask my friend how had the triathlon go, his response is, I did it in three hours and 12 minutes. Like it's everything's like a metric. He didn't, you know, and, and he tried to explain to me parts of it, like, you know, we're in the East River and this and that happened, but like everyone's looking for like, how quick did you do it? What's the result? Yeah. Not like, how was the race? How was the ride? So maybe our listeners can take a little bit of a dose of, of reality, a dose of nature, kind of take a step back, look around, understand your environment, understand that you're alive. You're on a planet that's going 66,000 miles an hour and rotating at 1,200 miles an hour around a fireball that's 95 million miles away. And we're just sitting here hanging out. I mean, enjoy that for a second. Slow down for a second. Slow down. Just worry about gravity. It's about the only thing we need to worry about. Well, I moved to Manhattan Beach about four years ago. And coming from New York, you know, when someone says, like, what do you do? Right? You just give them, like, your resume. And then I go out to Manhattan Beach, and I'm in Santa Monica or Malibu or something, walking around, and they're like, what do you do? You're like, well, I hike, I bike. They won't even tell you what their job is during the day because that just supports what their, their passions are. And yeah. it's completely reversed when you get into the city <laughs> where you, you don't even know what someone's passions or hobbies are. Cause it's not, it's like at the bottom of their resume, like one line interests and that's it. Yeah. That's great. So, so how's it grown over the last year? What, what are some of the challenges that you've had? What are some of the, the, the awesome, you know, milestones that you've, you feel like you've accomplished? Um, it's funny cause I don't, I'm not the best at, at, uh, talking about it even though it's I did start the business it, it, it is mainly word of mouth and other, a lot of other people start talking about it and what I like what I think is the most beautiful thing is that we've created a lot of um, evangelists people who have experienced it and want to tell their friends about it right. so let's you know we've had a lot of great uh, experiences we've got a lot of great places that we've gone to and um, the, the thing that I really do pride myself and our company and is the community that we've created and the friendships that go beyond just what we're doing and people that are going to the Swiss Alps together that are, you know, their best friends in the city or they're going to each other's weddings and this, all this is happening because there's this breeding ground of like friendship of community that I feel like we've uh, kind of made a baseline for, for people to have. I mean, that's, this is, we're going to a different level right now. And I think it's an important level because, um, you know, I do investment banking, and we're looking at, at putting money into companies. We're trying to figure out, you know, what the Excel model looks like, what the revenue and the expenses, and how you know how replicatable is it, and unit economics, and all this other jazz. And then you're talking about, look, I'm I'm creating an environment that are pe- that people want to be at. You know, forget about what the what what the profitability of this is right now. Like, I'm I'm not in it for that. And most good businesses, great businesses, are started with. Right, there's a frustration that you're solving, which is connectivity with people on a, on a genuine level, not with your resume or what I'm trying to get from you or not get from you or whatever. Um, so you don't really think about this as a, you're thinking about it as a business because it's, it's something that you do, but it's not really a business that you're going to like even be comfortable telling somebody like, let me tell you what my revenue was or like, let me tell you how profitable this is. It's, like, it's not about that. Like that'll come later if I need to talk about it. Is that how you think about it? Yeah, that's why it's, it's hard for me to, to be like, uh, 
do you want to buy this or do you want to spend more money? So for, for me, at least, this is good to have somebody on the team that can uh, do more of that stuff for us. But for me, at least, it's, it's more about friendships and community and, and the, mm. the real things in life. <laughs> right. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I think a lot of people, you lose sight of, um, you lose sight of what you're trying to get to. Right. You might be where you want to be already, but you're just, you know, you're on the, this treadmill kind of just running and stopping and saying, well, what I actually want, I already have. And I maybe should allocate a little more time to that. Um, so, so you have somebody else on the team. That, who, 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 how'd you start this? Who'd you partner with? Um, so this is, we are building a team. I mean, one of my friends, uh, Samantha Wills, she said this quote that really stuck with me. She said, nobody starts the business to stay small. So we don't, I do, we, we do have plans to grow and, and try to, we want to spread good vibes and we want people to connect and what we've seen happen with this small few retreats that we've had in the, the first year and then the second year, how many we had. And it just, it's starting to grow so much and just seeing so much positivity. Somebody walked up to me, they're like, it's, it's crazy that you have, you know, you get to do so much, uh, you get to really change people's lives. And I never really thought about it until like they said it to me. I was like, yeah, I'm lucky that I get to, to change people's lives. And this isn't a business instead of trying to just grab money. But we're, but it is, um, we're, we're looking for growth and we have a great team and uh, we're, we're still expanding. And this is one of the years that we're really challenging ourselves by growing uh, three times as much as last year. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's quite a challenge to try to keep the authenticity of what we're, we're, we're really about and continue to grow but it's happening yeah so so that quote you you what do you think about that quote no one no one starts a business to stay small did did, did that resonate with you did that bother you or what because it's interesting to say like well and i sometimes i'll speak at these events uh, these business events and someone will say i've got three studios in kansas city and i'm thinking about raising money and going into st louis and wichita and in chicago and i'm like you know you got a really good life right now and you're making money and you get to do whatever you want and your friends and your family there. Like if you start to expand bigger and go into these other cities, your, your, your life changes completely. Like think about that before. So I'm wondering from your, you know, from hearing how you're talking about the business and the authenticity of it, like, it sounds like you're going to grow this as you choose because if it ever loses the community, it's not what you, it's not what Mantis and this isn't what your, your vision is. You're not going to be comfortable running a company that's, churning out events it's not what you're gonna do no it's uh but it is but when we do create one event or one retreat or whatever it is um that there are so many people that understand but it's about the balance of life not just a workout but you work out and you talk to the person that you were sweating next to and when we teach our classes here in the city so it's it quickly people can understand what it is and they 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 have this urge to share it as well so it's not about what I necessarily want, but now that there's other people that are so enthusiastic about it, they want to lead their own. They want to start doing this, and they, they understand what it's about, and they want to share that same feeling that they got. So it becomes less about just me and what I would want to share with you on a retreat and more about like what I think our generation's going to, and it's more about connecting. And the less we connect with, you know, with phones all the time, the more we kind of internally really yearn for something like that. And right. Well, I went to uh, I went to summer camp for ten years. So, and this was before there were smartphones or cell phones or anything. So you actually like have these relationships that that last with you. And a lot of people say, well, summer camp was the best time of my life. You know, 
So it sounds like you, you've kind of created that environment for five days and five nights where people can relive that kind of I think, you the, know, the, the, it, the past, right? It's so true. But it could be the future now and the present, so that's a good thing. It is. It's so true. A lot of people, the first thought is uh, it takes a little bit of a push for somebody to, to sign up because like, I don't know anybody, I don't want to go. And just like summer camp, like you're saying, you, you, you're really reluctant on the first day. You feel like this might be a mistake. Right. Then the last day, you don't want to leave. Everyone's friendship bracelets. Everyone's like best friends for life. Let's hang out when we come back. And, and that continues because we're adults. We, we can continue these relationships when we come back to New York. So now we've got the, these different bonds and um, you know, the Nicaragua group, the Costa Rica group, the Cuba group. So all these different groups of people in New York and we provide classes that they can come to. So now this community is just continuously growing and mm -hmm. it's nothing but good vibes. We only spread good vibes. So it's, it's a great community community to be in. And I, I feel like this is the future of fitness. A lot of people, instead of just a quick workout, they become your, your friends that you can go out with as well, that you can work with, that you're going to help you get a job that you need to get. Yeah. Well, I, th I think it's a great, um, initiative that you started I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and uh, hopefully attend some of these events in the future um, I do think that people are yearning for connectivity and, and want to get out of the city and want to kind of feel like they're human again um, so congrats on the success and look forward to checking in with you and seeing how things are going thanks Pete all right cool